0: And welcome to the 2020 season of the Business Whisperer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Adela Afiz, the global business whisperer, and I'm so excited you're here today. The Business Whisperer podcast is about helping you tap into the brilliance and ability that you have to create your life and your business intuitively, authentically, and successfully. Each week we bring you tools, tips, information and guest interviews to help you do just that. So if you are ready to download some of this business whispering magic into your life and business, stay tuned because you're in the right place. Hello, Business Whisperers, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Whisperer podcast. We have a wonderful treat for you today. We are speaking with Lucy Griffiths. Now, Lucy Griffiths helps entrepreneurs tell stories and increase their influence and impact in the world. She is a video strategist and confidence coach who helps you get the confidence to find your voice and speak up in meetings, on video, and own your own power. So if you are like the rest of us as online entrepreneurs needing to create content, and if you are finding that you need to show up on Zoom, show up on Facebook Live, show up on video for your business, Lucy is all about helping you be confident on camera. Her courses have now sold over 30,000 copies worldwide and she works with corporate clients, entrepreneurs and business owners to harness the power of video and tell their stories more effectively on screen and in meetings. You're going to love the practical tips, the tools and the information that Lucy has to share with you as well as her backstory and the amazing adventures that she has had as a journalist and throughout her career and how she has taken all of that and turned it into a very successful online business for herself and is now helping others do so too. Let's welcome Lucy to the Business Whisperer podcast. And welcome, Lucy. It is such a pleasure to have you here. Um, I know it's taken us a little bit of time to get our calendars aligned because you're coming to us all the way from the UK, aren't you? Hello. Yes,
1: um, I'm here in sunny
0: London. Can you believe it? yes we're all jealous (laughs) so um Lucy I have read your wonderful bio but I would love to hear about you in your own words tell us who you are and how you got to doing what you're doing today
1: sure so my background is in tv really I started out um I'm now showing my age, but I started out about 20 years ago working in local radio. I moved into TV and then into international TV. So it was predominantly based um, in Asia, places like Bangkok, um, Beijing, and um, then also the Middle East. And I covered a lot of um, wars, conflicts, um, all the things, kind of floods, tsunamis, protests, all of things that were uh, kind of mass upheaval of people, and interesting and incredible to be um, to be covering those kind of stories and being able to witness history. And um, it was something I'm, you know, eternally grateful for. At the same time, it got to a point where if I wanted to kind of settle down, have a family, I had to think, okay, maybe this kind of life isn't going to work anymore. And when I was covering um, the war in Ukraine, the conflict in Ukraine, um, I was sort of taking folic acid and the Russian rebels was taking me hostage. And it was like, oh, my God, I don't want to be doing this anymore. And so um, that was kind of a turning point to say I need to find something else to do. Oh my
0: gosh, do we do another episode on on being kidnapped?
1: (laughs) Um, I have so many crazy stories, it's ridiculous. Um, Wow. So so I had already um, kind of set up, um, so I had a year setting up a TV station in Iraq. And while I was working in Iraq, Um, I I did a um, a master's degree in coaching and so I already had a grounding in coaching um, but it was just making that leap and getting the courage to actually really go for it and go all in um, and set up you know a business as opposed to sort of having a side hustle that wasn't really going anywhere and um, so I Um, while I was there, I had then my son, I was on maternity leave and that was the moment where it was like, okay, I can either go back to doing international journalism and I didn't really want to be hopping on planes. So at that point I made the leap set up in business. It took me a little while to find my feet. And, um, I suddenly realized like, oh, there's a kind of gap in the market for people who feel nervous about being on camera and I'd had many years experience of both being on camera and behind the scenes and so that was really the sort of thing where I thought okay I've got something that's unique and different and so that was kind of how I started out really Um, and I was doing lots of one-on-ones and coaching working with lots of different clients also doing video production for people but it was incredibly intensive and when you're trying to juggle that with small children it wasn't really working so um, I had to find a way to take myself out of the equation particularly because I don't enjoy selling I'm not a natural salesperson and I get really nervous about it so um, by creating courses I was able to sell the course, do a video about selling the course and take myself out of the equation. And basically it started selling and I've now sold over 30,000 courses, which therefore has completely flipped my business. And now I'm, you know, I just, am pretty much course based. I have a small amount of one-to-ones, but very, very minimal And so the majority of my revenue from my business comes from selling um, a series of courses that I have. So that's kind of how I got to where I am right now. And along that journey, I have also um, then started teaching other people how to create courses. And I also had influencers come to me wanting to do joint ventures and create courses so we did, um, I did a series of courses with um, a mummy blogger called Honest Mum. And we did a series of courses um, sort of about parenting and um, social media from a perspective of blogging. And I then also have done a joint venture with Psychologies Magazine, which is a big, big magazine in the UK and it sells globally. I think you have it in New Zealand um, and We have a series of courses that I've done in collaboration with them. And um, so we're selling thousands of those courses too. So that's kind of how my business is now streamlined and set up where it's all automated. And I sell a lot of courses.
0: That is amazing and so inspiring. Um, So to get to where you are today how how many years since you set up your first online course um and to where you're at today I set up my first online so I
1: I'd set up in business about four years ago and I think within in sort of I think it was the August. so probably actually it's probably almost five years in business now and so actually it was probably four years ago um that I set up the first course, the first course, I, it was a great course, um, but I didn't really understand how to sell it. And that's the key. That's the magic component, knowing how to sell it because otherwise you have a lovely course that just sits on your shelf getting dusty and it doesn't really sell unless you are actively creating a mechanism to sell,
0: Yes, that's so true. And we'll, so was it a big learning curve for you uh, having the content, which I, I think a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with. They have the content, they know The topic or the area that they are teaching on, facilitating on, the service that they are providing, that they are the expert in, but how to communicate that and to to go about selling it in a way that is effective. Um, What was that learning curve for you like? So, I think one
1: of the key things when it comes to creating a course is that while you may have a big pool of knowledge swimming around in your head, and you may feel like, I don't know anything, I'm an imposter, how can I possibly teach a course because I don't know anything? But when you actually you know, drill down, you say, okay, I do know some stuff. The reality is that you want to be able to make it that it's something that is tangible and real and actionable for your viewer, for the person who's consuming and buying the course. And so it's about flipping it round and um, ensuring that you are creating something that people need. I've seen all too often people creating courses that, you know, sound amazing and they have really high production value, everything else, but they aren't needed. And when there's not that need then they you know when people have not done the research they've not really tested the market then no one's going to buy it doesn't matter how big your audience is no one's going to buy it
0: and your course confident on camera is that your signature online course
1: so i have confident on camera which is um a low price point um and essentially that's that's my most successful course, but it's probably not my signature course. My, um, I'm well known for it. I've sold over 30,000, but I have some bigger courses um, that I sell for a great deal more of an investment. Um, I have a course called Create and Scale on YouTube, which teaches people how to do YouTube. And that is you know, much more complex and it's a bigger course and I charge more money for it.
0: And tell us more about Confident on Camera. With that many copies sold, first of all, I'd love to hear more about the content. Or, um, of course. I would recommend all our listeners to go out and purchase uh, that very low cost course. I have purchased it myself Um, and there's great information in there. And we'll also ask Lucy uh, to share some tips and information for our listeners today for showing up on camera. Um, But with that course uh with having sold so many copies has the content of it changed or has it just been something that you put out that has just kept on growing and giving you the gold
1: so when i first created it um i have to confess that i didn't beta test it with as many people as i probably should have done and while the content has not changed the way it's it's um, structured on, so I have a course hosting system and it was it was kind of ha- hard to find part B of the course. And so the first weekend we were selling, I had a few people coming back saying, but you promised X, Y, Z, and that I can only find X. But the reality was it was all there, but they just didn't realize there was a part B. And so I changed the way that the course Kind of was displayed so you could see all the content immediately. There was an easy menu to to find everything, and and then from then onwards, it's it's done incredibly well. But it was a real lesson to me that you it's really important. My my assistant said to me afterwards, "Yeah, it was really difficult to understand where," <laughs> but she didn't tell me this bit, and so it was one of those things where it's a real lesson of, "Oh my God, you have to to test." everything that you create and make sure that your content is um, really tangible, easy to follow and people understand it. So now when I work with other brands that I just mentioned before, I have a team of people who go and beta test so that every single glitch, every single possible thing that could go wrong goes wrong in the stage before we go live
0: it's such a learning curve that one isn't it? <laughs> yes, it was definitely like why didn't you tell me <laughs> but I, I also think that is such a part of the journey of being uh, especially online entrepreneurs you know you you learn and you realize that actually the content is very similar if not exactly the same throughout time um, the content might be tweaked a little bit here and there but the the message is the same but the ways in which you deliver that course that content the technology you're using the structures you're using the ways you're advertising it marketing it um, how you're hosting it it's all of that stuff that you're constantly also just needing to or looking at upgrading or changing if you're looking to scale what you're doing.
1: Absolutely and that's one of the exciting things it's also one of the challenging things because you know if you think about Facebook people who were early adopters um, they have become incredibly successful grew huge audiences very quickly And it was much easier for them than, say, if you're now trying to grow on Facebook or the same with Instagram. And it's about being ahead of the curve and figuring out what platform is going to be successful and going for it. So you could say at the moment, oh, let's go for TikTok. Or you could say, Okay, that's slightly, there's lots of question marks about, you know, it's geopolitical value, do I go with another platform? And so you have to decide um, where you're going to put your energy and effort and then go for it. But always remember that if you're an early adopter, you're going to be more successful and get a bigger share of the market which will lead to you having that leverage and giving you success on other platforms in the in the long term.
0: So looking to be aware of the trends of what your awareness is of where you should be jumping in and starting. I know Instagram's got reels happening now and they're saying that's the new uh, TikTok. It's like when they introduce stories, which we probably can't remember Instagram without stories now, but I remember when it started and we were being told, this is the latest and greatest thing that's going to take Facebook out. Absolutely. And that's it.
1: It's, um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is very clever at kind of adopting or assimilating other ideas and adopting them into, um, into his systems and technology. And so absolutely reels is a great place to, Every time I do use reels, I get, I might get, let's say on an IGTV video, I might get 300 views. On a reels, I'll get 1500. So it's a worthwhile investment for you to invest your time learning how to do that because more people are going to see your content. Because when you're using Facebook or Instagram in this case, and you're using something that they want you to be using, so they want you to adopt this new technology, they're going to push your content. And and therefore, it's, it's rather than if you sort of use a sailing analogy, rather than pushing against the currents, you've got the currents in your favor, and they're going to flow with you.
0: Very well said. So as we're talking about showing up on reels, on Instagram, on video, let's get into some of this video content creation stuff. So no matter where someone is at, um, what what is advice that you would start with when you're talking to someone about being okay with getting ready to start showing up on camera for social media or for promoting their course or business?
1: So when you first start out, um, it's uncomfortable. It's not a pleasant thing that you do. It's nerve wracking. And that's okay to be nervous. It's totally understandable that you're going to be nervous. And everybody feels the same. So just recognize that everyone else has gone through this and feels nervous. You may want to put some makeup on so you feel your best in the same way that if you were going to a party or a conference and you didn't know people, you would make an effort. So you could go and get your hair done um, or, you know, wear some makeup, make yourself feel as good as possible. And... When you feel good about yourself you're going to show up on screen feeling more confident yes there's a lot of um, there's a lot of talk about um, showing up and being raw and real and no makeup and just having a chat and I do all of those things, but when you first start out, it's really difficult to say "Oh i'm going to show up and talk about the big spot on my cheek um, instead you You want to feel your best because you're talking to strangers. So allow yourself, you know, just wear makeup if you want to. If you don't want to, doesn't matter at all. But allow yourself, don't feel guilty about whichever way. You just be you and whatever feels best and most comfortable to you. Then from a mindset perspective, it's about preparing. So that means getting yourself in a really good position. So you kind of know what you're going to say. It might be that you wrote a blog post. So you've done the thinking. So when, um, and it's the same with creating a course. If you don't know what you're talking about when you're on camera, it's really nerve wracking and you feel like, uh, uh, what am I talking about? But if you've done some thinking, so you've written it down, your brain is much more able to then repeat that information because it's already written it. And the process of writing it on the page makes you much more effective. So it could be that you wrote some bullet points. It could be that you wrote a blog post for social media, whichever works for you, but do the thinking. And so then because you've done the thinking, it will help you. You could if you've got those bullet points, you could stick those on your screen, on your phone, just to help you so that you remember to show up. Um, And if you get stuck, if you lose your way, you've got the bullet points. Um, One of those things that can really help is if you're using your laptop to do a Facebook Live. It is something you're used to talking on Zoom. It's it feels sort of similar, so it's less scary. Whereas some people get really nervous about talking on a phone, you have to just do what works for you. So test it out. There is a mechanism on Facebook where you can do a video um, on your personal profile and you can set it to, um, so it's just yourself that can see it, no one else can see it. So you can have a practice and maybe have a couple of goes doing that. But the other thing is once you've done the video, just post it. I know so many people who overthink this and think, oh, I'm, I look too fat, or I um, my eye bags look terrible, or don't my wrinkles look shocking, or I stumbled, I forgot my words, what was I saying? Oh, that was terrible. I lost my way. I meandered. We, we do all of those things, but it's just you showing up, having a conversation and forgive yourself. So be kind to yourself. Um, and it will be a lot easier. Now, once you've kind of had a few little goes, you may decide that you want to get some equipment and, um, there's, I mean, I talk about this my course in much more detail but essentially um, there is um, you know you could get um, some lighting which makes a massive difference and will hide your wrinkles Um, so that could be something that would make you feel more confident so lighting and also audio if you're doing something like YouTube audio quality does count Um, but otherwise just in the beginning just use natural light from the window just to test whether you're actually going to do this rather than spending a hundred dollars on some things and then you don't actually use them because you're like
0: oh it's too scary
1: um so it's it's getting over the leap doing it and then showing up consistently and the more you do it the easier it gets
0: that's all fantastic advice and i completely agree it's um it's the beginning of the journey that makes something difficult and so at the beginning yeah I do recommend you be as comfortable as you can be in front of the camera and I think in order to be comfortable you want to not feel self-conscious about how you're looking or wear something uncomfortable or feel like you're looking terrible. So do what you need to, to look good in order to be able to start showing up. And then I think that journey becomes easier to those raw videos where, you know, people become comfortable showing up without any makeup or, you know, straight after a gym workout and just free balling what they need to talk about. But the confidence to get there, the road to getting there is starting in an environment where you do feel comfortable and uh, able to show up as the best version of you.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I often will do an Instagram live after I've been to yoga or something. But in the beginning, I remember being petrified of just knowing that I needed lighting and, you know, feeling like, oh, I look so old. I look so tired. Had a young baby. All of those things that you... They're the stories you tell yourself. And um, that inner critic really comes to the fore on something like doing video because you feel very raw and exposed
0: and vulnerable. Yeah, and it's the energy that, you know, when you show up with that energy, it can be so loud that it does distract (laughs) from your message when, you know, people can perceive the discomfort of you showing up in that way, I, I don't think it's doing a service to the message you're trying to get out with your video. So do what you need to at the beginning. Um, I really struggled with doing Facebook lives when I started out as well. It was not my forte. So I just knew for a while that I'd, I pre-recorded my videos and then uploaded them or I pre-recorded and uploaded to YouTube and that worked better for me until I got to the point where now Facebook lives are not a problem, but it's the process that you need to go through so that you feel comfortable, you feel empowered, and it doesn't dilute your message. I think that's it, that
1: it's okay to, no one's going to know if you've pre-recorded a video or um, you've uploaded it. it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter in the slightest. Um, a Facebook live, you know, there is some stats to say that you can get more engagement, but it doesn't really matter. No one really, as long as they they happen to see a video, they're not going to know. It doesn't make any difference. So you you don't need to beat yourself up over it. You can just pre-record it, but at least that video is done. And if you're using that same video on IGTV on YouTube on Facebook actually that's really great because you're repurposing content
0: do you have any information or advice for us on the different platforms different um, ways or places to show up on video that our listeners might not have thought about
1: um so I'm a big fan of repurposing so um I I tend to focus my content for YouTube um, and The important thing to remember about YouTube is that it's a search engine. And you want to think of it as um, it's not really a social media platform like, say, Facebook. So whereas, say, Facebook, you can drop a video and hope for the best. On YouTube, it requires planning and thought in order to um, ensure that your video is going to get found in Google search. And so that means... Um, using keywords, that means thinking about your title in a clever way so that it's a topic that people are searching for so that you can rank number one in your video. And when you are ranking number one, it means that people will find you. So I have videos that are two, three years old, and I have hundreds of people coming to it every single day. And it means that I have this amazing tool where people are finding my video and it's not the most, you know, beautiful. It's not the most beautifully shot. It's just the right keywords, the right title. They're finding that video. They're watching the video. Then they think, Oh, who's this person? They watch one video, two videos. They might watch three or four. They tell me they're binging my content. And then before they know it, they've signed up to my freebie. They are then on my email list. And they're ultimately buying my courses and products. And so that's what you want. You want to be able to create that machine to drive leads and traffic. And so YouTube is probably the best example of that. So YouTube is definitely my number one. And then I take that same video, that same content, and I repurpose it for, um, for Instagram, for Facebook. And I can then also create a blog post from that. And the blog post, um, which again works with SEO, then means that I can show up on Pinterest. And so Pinterest is another amazing tool. I get about a million views a month from Pinterest. And that's all organic SEO traffic that's coming to my website, buying my products, so it all intertwines together to help me to sell my courses and products. Um, so it's using those platforms. Um, if you're thinking about new platforms, I'd um, or newish um, things like um, TikTok um, is, you know, as long as. It doesn't get banned in half the world. Um, it you know, has amazing, at the moment, amazing reach. So if you're showing up on a consistent basis on TikTok and you do something that's kind of fun and a little bit different, you're going to go viral very quickly because there's a lot of young kids on there who are just watching content. And so you know, by doing that, you can build an audience really quickly. And it might be if you build an audience, you can then send them to Instagram or wherever to help you build there as well. Um, So, you know, that could be a way, a strategy to help you show up and create and sell your content.
0: That is all amazing information Lucy, there is uh, so many places we could dive in so we might have to do an on-call with you but what I would love to get into is, you know, you just beautifully described that automated process, you know, the ultimate target or goal of creating video content that is free content for people to find, is A, to get the message out, and then B, to help people find a way to buy from you. And so uh, tell us more about your work with and your courses about selling online courses.
1: So it really came off the back of creating a series of courses that sold well. And a lot of people were asking me, how did I do this? And how do I keep selling and sell continuously? Um, and so I, I now teach a group program where I have um, sort of three times a year, a group of students to learn the process. So we will outline a course, create a series of courses, but also learn the mechanisms to actually sell the course because so often um, it's I can't say it's easy, but it's easier to actually create a system. You create a course, you can get a course done. The hard bit is actually selling it consistently and allowing yourself, enabling yourself to get to that point where you have, um, you know, reoccurring income every single day, a couple of thousand dollars from the sale of your courses, which, you know, really can give you that freedom, that flexibility. And the reason that so many of us built an online business
0: yeah, absolutely. And so you have a course on helping people sell online courses. Is it more about selling or the creating part or both? So it's basically
1: about it's the first stage is planning out the course, creating it and then ultimately selling it. So we cover it's the whole gambit, really, to to help people um get over their blocks, build the course, work out who it's for um, and and then really to sell that in a way that is going to be the most effective way to sell it and also then to scale so that you can automate that process and sell successfully.
0: That sounds amazing. We are going to have the link for that available right below uh, in the show notes. So you can click on and everyone have a look at that course. Lucy, tell us more about this, you know, what you're talking about and the stage that you are in in your business is probably where a lot of people would be hoping to or would be kind of working really hard to get into that place. You know, um, lots of confidence with what they're doing, lots of automation with what they're doing and just having things ticking over really well. How has that journey been for you in business? Tell us about how you've created your business um, to be this authentic and successful enterprise.
1: So when I first built my online business, I was doing lots of one-on-one. So I was doing a lot of coaching. I was also doing video production for other entrepreneurs. So, and I was trying to build my own business and do the marketing and do all the stuff you need to do, you know, the, the social media. And I just felt like I was on this hamster wheel and I had a young son and I was juggling sort of nursery times and all of that. And it just felt, you know, there were some days where I was, you know, working till midnight up at five and just trying to fit everything in and it just was not working. So something had to give, I had to find another way of working. And so that's really where the kind of idea of creating a series of courses where I've got a low-ticket course um, which I sell through either using Pinterest, YouTube, or Facebook ads. So I started out um, with very much on um Pinterest and YouTube as like, um, I sort of know those platforms, I really nailed those platforms. And that enabled me to build an audience, sell there. And then when I was selling successfully, I could then sell um, to um, using Facebook ads. And so the cost of the Facebook ads was covered by the sale plus then making some, some profit on top. And so that really was the starting point. And um the more that people were buying the the higher price courses like the course teaching people how to um uh use Pinterest or to use youtube. I have a course on both then then actually that was kind of going back into the the um the profit for me and so we started from that and scaled and then. The more you, the more profit you make, the more you can invest in advertising, the more you can scale. And, and that was really what gave me, you know, the freedom factor and it enabled me to automate so much of my business.
0: And did that come intuitively or naturally to you? Or was that like a real learning process, having to go out there, find the information, do some courses yourself on how to set this stuff up? Or did you see or know what was required and kind of teach yourself the best way through that journey?
1: So for me, um, it, was, it was quite an intuitive process of like, you know, or there were some kind of loud flashing beacons, like I mentioned before about my, my assistant saying, you know, so it was definitely a learning curve. Um, and um, I didn't necessarily have it have someone giving me all the answers. So I had to figure this out. Um, you know, learning YouTube was definitely I realized in um, February, 2018, when Mark Zuckerberg changed the algorithm on Facebook, I realized, okay, this is the point where Facebook's not gonna be the same anymore. And I need to look at other platforms. And so that was when I really started, first of all, I started with Pinterest. Um, What happened was, I, I think it was sort of July of that year, I just happened to look at my, my stats on, um, on my Google Analytics on my website. And I realized that I was, um, I was basically working with a, a virtual assistant. And I was paying her, I know, you know, a couple of hours per month to do my Pinterest. And with that small amount of time investment that she was making, like a couple of hours a month, I was getting 66% of my traffic to my website. And whereas I was putting all this energy and effort into Facebook and I was literally getting a tiny fraction out in return of people who were going to my website. So that was really a moment where I thought, hang on a minute. If I invested more time and energy into Pinterest, rather than at the moment, I'm just doing, you know, a VA a couple of hours a month, but if I really went all in on Pinterest, what would happen? And so that's where I literally went from sort of, um, you know, a small amount of views per month to then getting a million views a month. And that was kind of like, oh, okay. So then, and then from that point, then I started thinking, okay, so let's learn YouTube and sort of adopt that same strategy.
0: How amazing and how fascinating as well. I think um, some great advice in there about maybe paying some attention to our stats and looking at things like where uh, where is the least amount of effort actually creating a great amount of return and how can we leverage that? Um, yeah, and Pinterest. I think I do know, and I have heard a lot about uh, Pinterest, and I do think it's probably one of those things like LinkedIn that hasn't had its moment in the sun yet, uh, but people are starting to realise the value of it. Absolutely, and I realised
1: before I didn't talk about LinkedIn video, but but that's it. That that Pinterest. You know, the the amount of people using Pinterest is growing exponentially and the amount of reach there is is huge so you can really get amazing audiences and amazing views for your content and it's great for seo so it means it really boosts up your ranking for your blog posts you get found on both google and through pinterest Um, and and then also just talking linkedin there that linkedin again, if you decided to go all in on LinkedIn and LinkedIn video, there's, I think the stat is, there's, um, I think there's 600 million people on LinkedIn using LinkedIn. But about 2% of people are actually creating content. So it's a tiny fraction of people that are creating video content. And so if you did that consistently, LinkedIn is going to reward you by the fact that you're creating videos. So that little video is going to get seen by so many more people because LinkedIn wants you to do video. And so if you decide to say, okay, screw Facebook, I'm just going to go all in on LinkedIn, actually, you get a really good return on investment. Um, But you just have to be prepared to say, okay, in the beginning, I'm going to accept it's a bit, I've got to, you know, get used to the fact it could be tumbleweeds and I just get used to it and find my feet. But the reality is that the return on investment in the longer term could be really amazing for your business.
0: Such valuable information and insight, Lucy. Uh, As we start to wrap up, my final question to you is, do you think there is a secret to success or what would you say to someone who is listening to this and is starting out and is aspiring to be where you are one day? What advice would you give to them? I was talking about this earlier,
1: but I think being an early adopter. And so I remember back in 2012, I um, I was working in um, North Korea and I was working with um, a Colleague of mine, and he had an iPhone, and I didn't. And I was still on good old um, Blackberries. And um, and he was posting. He was a photographer. He was posting images onto Instagram. Fast forward to today, he has over a million followers on Instagram, and he's called David Guttenfelder. He's an amazing photographer. Works for National Geographic, but there's a lesson that if you adopt something early, you will be rewarded for it. So whatever technology, you know, Facebook's been around a good while, if you go in early to any platform, then you will be rewarded for that. So whether that's, you know, thinking ahead, thinking bots, thinking Alexa, whatever it may be that is kind of the new technology that you can embrace and adopt then
0: you will be rewarded for
1: doing that.
0: Absolutely brilliant. How can we all listen to the whispers of what the future is telling us is the new direction to go in, what to adopt now, and what would create the most for each of our businesses? Um, Thank you so much, Lucy. It has been such an insightful conversation and I highly recommend everyone to go check out all the links below to Lucy's website, to her courses. Um, Her low cost um, Confident on Camera course is such a steal. So there's no reason everyone in the world shouldn't be buying that one. Um, But definitely check out her other courses as well. And Lucy, thank you so much for your time and we can't wait to see what else you can create in the world oh thank you so much for having me it's been a real pleasure to be here so thank you so much wonderful thank you and that wraps up another episode of the business whisperer podcast thank you so much for being here your support means the world to me please remember if you enjoyed this episode do me a favor and leave us a five-star review so that other people can find these episodes and get some value out of it. If there is a guest that you would like us to interview on the show, please send me a message or send me an email to thebusinesswhispererpodcast at gmail.com. I can't wait to see you soon.